Hey guys, I wanna welcome you to the service. So glad you joined us. And I'm really excited to kick off this new series. Uh, for the next six weeks, I wanna take you on a journey to uh, help you become who God sees in you. Becoming who God sees in you, uh, it's all about gaining the vision to be able to see yourself the way God sees you. It's all about rising up and living out the purpose God has created you to live. It's all about moving beyond making a living to make a life. Now, years ago when I was a pastor in Virginia, uh, I was in my early 30s at the time, uh, I came back to San Antonio to visit family and friends. And uh, one night I got together with a high school buddy of mine and uh, his family. We had a great time uh, together. And uh, we decided to go out and buy hamburgers and french fries for the family. And while we were standing in line uh, waiting for our food, we just started talking about our vocations and our work. And, and I found out that my friend, even though he had not gone to college, uh, the job he had at that time, he was making three times what I was making as a pastor. And honestly, it sort of bummed me out <laughs> at first. And, and I started, started griping about, you know, my wages and how tight things were, you know, with what I made as a pastor. And after I ranted for a few minutes about my income, my friend stopped me and he said, Brent, no, you don't get it. I hate my job. At least what you're doing makes a difference. I can't say that about what I do. And his words really struck me. You see, my friend was in essence telling me that even though he made a living, made a good living, he didn't feel like he was making a life. Are you making a life? Do you feel like your life matters? Do you, believe, do you believe that you are making a difference in this life? Do you sense that you are doing something to make this world a better place? I believe answering questions like that are, is so important no matter what, but it's especially important during a season like this, during, during trying times like these, when we're facing a worldwide health pandemic and the economic fallout that has come with it, and here in our country as we face some of the ugliness of racism and, and we wrestle with appropriate, understandable calls for racial justice. It's important that we rise up and make a life. And you rise up and make a life by living your purpose. When you live your purpose, it gives you a sense of meaning in life. It gives you a sense of direction for your life. When you live your purpose, it helps you to make decisions based on your purpose in life. When you live your purpose, it allows you to bring positive energy into your relationships. When you live your purpose, it gives you an ability to achieve more than you ever thought possible. And when you live your purpose, it gives you the inner strength to endure tough times like the ones we're facing now. You exist for a reason. You do matter. You can uniquely make this world a better place as you rise up and you become fully who God sees in you. 
As, as you take your gifts, your passion, your personality, your abilities, your uh, spiritual gifts and talents, and you represent God on the earth, you rise up and you live your purpose, and that is how you make a life. Now, I, I want to make sure that we understand something uh, about what I'm talking about, you know, living your purpose and making a life. Uh, you don't have to become a pastor or a priest uh, to live your purpose. Now, I do acknowledge that some of us, our vocations, you know, what we do for a living, actually do give us a sense of purpose. Uh, you know, I, I know that school teachers, many feel like that, that, that what they do gives them a sense of purpose. And I know that many medical professionals feel that way and like social workers feel that way. And I do feel that way as a pastor. But let's be honest. Most of us, what we do, you know, for our job, it's just our job. It's just work. It's just how we make a living. But living your purpose, that's how you make a life. And what I mean by living your purpose is this. Becoming who God sees in you. And then doing what God has given you to do as your purpose in life. When you rise up and do that, you will move beyond making a living. You will make a life. And that is what will make this world a better place. And so I want us to begin our journey helping you become fully who God sees in you by looking at a young fisherman, a young man who was a part owner of a small business in his day in the first century and how Jesus led him to live his purpose and to make a life. Now, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus began the movement, he called the church. A part of the way he organized that movement was by calling some young men around him, and he, he was gonna train them to be leaders in his movement. Now, what was interesting in Jesus' day is that it was pretty common for the traveling rabbis who, who would call disciples to train them as leaders, they, they would sometimes give their disciples nicknames. And so uh, when Jesus meets one of the young men he calls to be one of his disciples, his name is Simon. He gives Simon a nickname. And that nickname becomes significant as Simon begins to follow Jesus. Now, Simon has a brother named Andrew, and they shared this fishing business together. Andrew has already become a follower of Jesus. And notice what Andrew does uh, to, to bring his father along uh, to meet Jesus. This is John chapter one, verse 41. <clears throat> the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated, which is translated Peter. Now here's what, what's important for you to know about that incident, that discussion. The, the word Peter in the first century was not a personal name. Like nobody was named Peter in the first century. In fact, the, the word Peter, it's, it's a Greek word and it's, it just means rock. And so it's like Jesus said, hey, your name's Simon. I'm going to call you rock. And, you know, and so today we don't, we don't really get that because you know, we, we, we have friends named Peter or, or Pedro or Pierre in French. And so now it's, it's, a, it's a personal name. But back in the first century, it was not. 
It's like Jesus called somebody, he said, you're rock. I mean, it would be like calling him tree or grass, you know, or dirt. And what that tells me is by calling Simon rock, he was painting a picture for Simon to see himself in a new way. Jesus could see in Simon something he maybe couldn't even see in himself. Jesus could see in Simon strength. He could see in Simon stability. He could see in Simon endurance. He could see in Simon a rock. But what I find interesting is that in the three years that they spent together, traveling together, ministering together, Jesus never calls him by the nickname he gave him. He never calls him Peter. Throughout all of the four gospels that tell the story of Jesus' life, Jesus continues to call him Simon. Why is that? I think it's because Simon wasn't a rock yet. Simon had to face some inner issues that could prevent him from becoming the rock that Jesus could see in him. And I want you to know, God sees something in you as well. He sees a rock in you. He sees your strengths. He sees your unique abilities. He sees them in you. And he wants you to rise up and become who he sees in you. I don't care what maybe your parents said about you or what a step-parent said about you. I, I, I don't want you focused on what an ex-spouse may have said about you or maybe an ex-boss said about you. A part of becoming who God sees in you is for you to embrace how God sees you and what he says about you. He sees goodness in you. He sees unique abilities and strengths in you. And a part of becoming who God sees in you is for you to embrace how he sees you and for you to see you how he sees you. Now, shortly after Jesus gives Simon the nickname Rock, Jesus calls him out to live his purpose by giving him another metaphor, another way of picturing his life. And so this is Matthew chapter four, beginning in verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left everything and followed him. Okay, think about what just happened there. What would inspire a successful young businessman like Peter and like Andrew to drop their nets, leave everything and follow Jesus? You see, Jesus was appealing to their inner desire, their inner drive to live with purpose and to fulfill God's purpose for their lives. You see, Jesus can see who God can see in, P in Simon. He can see rock. And Jesus can also see what God has uniquely called Simon to do. And that's where we get the second metaphor. He can see that Simon has been called to fish for men. And so Jesus calls Simon to live his purpose, and he does so. And that's what's so important about these two 
uh, passages. He does so by seeking to get him to picture himself in a different way. Because the way you see yourself, the way you see your life is influencing and shaping the way you're living your life. So how do you see your life? How do you see you? How do you picture you? Are there any like defining words or metaphors that picture you? One of the top 10 best-selling books, uh, nonfiction books of all time is uh, the book entitled The Purpose Driven Life by author Rick Warren. And in one section of that book, it's a really great book, uh, Rick talks about how metaphors, defining metaphors influence our lives and, and how sometimes those defining metaphors, even though we don't think about them consciously, they are subconsciously guiding our lives. They guide the way we interpret our lives, the way we make decisions in life. How you picture your life influences how you invest your time, how you spend your money, how you use your talents and abilities, and how you value your relationships. So let me see if I can give you some examples uh, from his book. So he, uh, uh, Rick Warren says that some people picture life as like a concert. And so it's like they're always in performance mode. They're performing for others, hoping that people will appreciate them. But how many of you know that living your life in performance mode can be exhausting? Some people picture their lives as a party. And they're going from one uh, party experience to the next. They're looking for their next buzz, their next high, their next gathering to have fun. And so their defining word, party, leads them to have fun, even if it's to the detriment of their relationships, their employment, or even their own health. Some people picture their life as a race. And they're, they're moving, driving, and, and everything is about fast and going on to the next target, the next target. And sometimes, and this is one of the ones I would say I've struggled with, sometimes in my drivenness, and I'm going and I'm going and I'm driving and I'm driving, I can forget the people who I truly do love and ought to be valuing. And then some people picture life as a battle. Everything's about a fight. And you're moving like from one fight to another fight, another fight, and you're just looking for the next fight. And the problem with viewing your life as a battle is you end up leaving a lot of wounded people and broken relationships in your wake. So how do you see your life? A lot of times the guiding words in, in our lives come from negative experiences and negative words uh, that others have brought into our lives. Maybe somebody said you were a loser and, and maybe you don't even think about it consciously, but subconsciously, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. I'll, you know what I mean? And it begins to influence your life. Or maybe someone told you you were stupid or told, said that you were worthless or said you would never amount to anything. And even though you may have resisted it at first, you've allowed it to become a part of your subconscious. And, and that word or that picture is what drives you in life. Maybe some of you faced abuse in your life and it wasn't just the words that you experienced, it was the negative uh, 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 experiences, the, the abuse, the pain you felt related to it and it's like you can't get beyond that. It's shaping your life even now. Well, through his words to Simon, I think this is so important, where he tells him, Simon, I see a rock in you. So he, he's getting at who God sees in him. And then he says, and Simon, I'm calling you to become a fisher of men. He's giving him a metaphor 
uh, to help uh, picture his purpose in life. Through his words to Simon, I think he's also casting vision for us to see ourselves the way God sees us, to see the good that God sees us in us, to see the strength that God sees in us. Because if you can get there, this is so important, if you can get there, where you can see yourself the way God sees you, where you can see the goodness in you, the strengths in you, the beauty in you. When you get there and if you begin to live out of that, it'll change your life. And folks, that's how you'll move from making a living to making a life. Now, I want us to look at one more scene in Simon's life. And it's the only other time in all of the four gospel stories, it's the only other time Jesus mentions Simon's nickname, Peter. Si Jesus doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon, but he reminds Simon of his nickname once again. Now, the first time he, he spoke uh, Simon's nickname, it, it was when Jesus first met him. Now it's three years later. And Simon has traveled with Jesus for three years. And he's ministered with Jesus for three years. And he's, he's witnessed miracles. He's seen Jesus feed thousands of people with a few loaves of bread. He's seen Jesus uh, heal the sick. He's even seen Jesus calm the storm, a storm with a word. He's seen Jesus even raise the dead. Well, now three years later, Jesus asks his disciples a question. He says, hey, okay, Y'all have experienced me for three years. Who are people saying that I am? Like, who, who am I? And his disciples said, well, you know, some people think you're like John the Baptist come back to life or you're like one of the Jewish prophets of old who's come back to life because of all of the, the, the miracles you do. But then Jesus paused and he said, okay, but how about you? Who do you say that I am? Notice how Simon responds. This is Matthew 16, verse 16. <clears throat> Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John. In other words, you're right. That is who I am. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. It's an amazing statement. It appears that Simon is the very first person to ever say out loud to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. It was a courageous statement to make. And here's what's significant. When Simon declares what he can see in Jesus, Jesus declares back to him what he can see in Simon. Jesus says, Simon, remember that nickname I gave you? Now is when it's going to be significant. I'm reminding you, you are rock. And on this rock, on you, I will build my church movement. I will start this movement that is meant to change the world. And I want you to notice something significant, I think, about this interaction because of the timing of it. So, so follow me. For three years, Simon has followed Jesus and lived his purpose, get this, before he fully grasped who Jesus is. I want to say that again. For three years, Simon followed Jesus and lived his purpose before he fully understood who Jesus is. 
And how awesome is it that Jesus gave Simon the space and the time to figure that out along the way. And I want you to know at City Church, we will give you that time and space as well. We encourage you wherever you are in your spiritual journey, even if you would say to me, I'm not even sure I believe in God, got it. But I am asking you to start following Jesus wherever you are in your journey, even if you're not sure what you believe yet. And I believe along the way, as you experience Jesus' teachings, as you experience his power, as you experience his love and his grace and his way of life, and as you wrestle with uh, the claims, not only for his miracles, but for his resurrection, I believe you'll become convinced of who he is, just like Simon was. But I want you to know here at City Church, we'll give you the time and space to begin to follow Jesus and live your purpose, even if you're not sure what you believe yet. But there's something else I want us to see in this passage. And that is when Jesus uses Simon's nickname again, Peter or Rock, he also uses another word for the first time in his ministry. He names what he is going to call his movement, and that's the church. And he tells Simon, look, I'm starting a movement. This movement is called the church. It will be the greatest, most significant movement ever. And he casts vision for Simon to live his purpose as the rock within this movement that Jesus is starting called the church. And he's showing Simon for you to live your purpose, for you to make a life. I need you to see how your story intersects with my story, the greatest story ever. And I think through Jesus' words to Simon, he is saying the same to us. The way you live your purpose, the way you rise up and make a life is by pursuing how your, your story and who you are, who you uniquely are in your story, as you live your purpose, how that intersects with Jesus' story in the greatest movement ever that Jesus called the church. But to do that, you must be willing to live for a purpose beyond yourself that is not about yourself. That is how you will rise up and make a life. And so as I reflected on Simon's journey and, and how Jesus was guiding him along the way to live his purpose and to make a life, I think there's several reflections I want us to land on in this message. The first is that to make a life, it's crucial that you believe who Jesus really is. Somewhere in your spiritual journey, you do have to answer that question. I think it's the most important question you will ever answer in your entire life. It's the question Jesus asked his disciples, and that is, who do you say that I am? You see, Jesus is more than a profound moral teacher. He's more than a prophet of social justice. He's more than a powerful miracle worker. He's more than the leader of a great religious movement. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the son of the living God and that he has risen from the dead and he is right now the Lord over all. And somewhere in your spiritual journey, it's important for you to answer that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? 
And some of you, you've been following Jesus for a while. You've been learning about his way of life. And you know what? Some of you are ready to answer that question today. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a moment. I think to make a life, it's crucial that you uh, believe who Jesus really is. Secondly, I think it's crucial that you believe who you really are. I think that's why, I think that's why Jesus begins his whole relationship with Simon by giving him that nickname. He wants Simon to view himself differently. Now, to believe who you really are, you may have to reject some negative labels that have been placed on you by others. You may need to uh, reject some harsh words that have been spoken to you by others. You may need to get out from under the cloud of oppressive negativity. Some of you, I know, I know your stories and you just grew up in just a very negative environment and you've got to get that out of you so you can become who God sees in you. Please hear me on this. God sees in you a wonderful person, a gifted person, a passionate person, a unique person, a beautiful person. And that's why I'm asking you to believe who you really are. That's how God sees you. I'm asking you to see you how God sees you. You see, to make a life, I think it's crucial that you believe who Jesus really is, that you believe who you really are, and that you become the rock God sees in you. And you become the rock that God sees in you when you embrace who you really are, the way God sees you, and when you do what God has uniquely called you to do. You see, uh, all of us have a uh, ultimate purpose in life. And this goes back to the teachings of Jesus. So there's a certain purpose that we all have. According to Jesus, our ultimate purpose is to love God with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And so that's true for all of us. That's all of our, uh, what I'm calling our ultimate purpose. But then each one of us has a unique purpose that's unique just for us. And it's based on who we are. It's based on our unique personality, our unique gifts, our unique passions, our unique talents, and the unique settings where God has placed us, where we have the opportunity not only to influence others, but to love others, to care for others, to lead others, to help others. And when, when you rise up and you, you see yourself the way God sees you, and when you do what he has uniquely called you to do, folks, that's when you begin to live your purpose. And that's how you thrive in life. And so I am calling you today to not settle for making a living. I'm asking you to rise up and make a life. Let's pray together. At first, I want to pray with those of you who would say, you know, Pastor Brent, I think I'm ready to answer that question. The question Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? I'm ready to answer that today for myself. And so I'm gonna lead you through a prayer. And so uh, just follow along with me. I'm gonna guide you through this prayer. Father, I do believe in you. I believe that you love me. And today I declare, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe Jesus can forgive my sins. I believe Jesus can give me eternal life forever. And I believe Jesus can give me an abundant life here and now.
Today, Jesus, I believe in who you are. Thank you, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I pray for those who have just prayed with me. I ask that you would seal within their hearts and minds that they are uh, forgiven of their sins, that they have eternal life, and that uh, you, are, you are with them. You have given them your spirit. And I pray from this day forward that they, they could fully believe and grasp that they are children of God and that eternal life is their destiny. And then, Lord, for all of us, I pray that you would give us the inner strength and the courage to reject uh, negative and hurtful words and ways of viewing ourselves that have come into our lives and help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to become who you see in us so that we can do what you've called us to do. Oh, Father God, through your spirit, help us all to rise up and make a life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.